0: The city boy. Give him your best and nothing like the, rest. Every test. You know he's the one. yeah thankful to God to uh, to be able to be um, be back with you all this week um, starting off a new series today um, that'll we'll we be on for the next three Sundays it raises the question uh, is church still relevant is church still relevant and so as we uh, go into this Christmas season, I think it's an important question for us to consider. And so I want to dive uh, dive into the Word of God and um, uh, allow it to help us evaluate this question um, and uh, and hopefully come up with some honest answers and reflections. Amen? Amen. Give me just a moment. All right, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2. Uh, verses 42 through 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. I'm going to be reading from the Common English Bible uh, that may read a little different from a translation that you may be accustomed to. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and dis- and distribute and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk about a relevant place for community, a relevant place for community. As I was getting ready for this year's season of Christmas preaching. I was struck by this feeling that there was a deeper question that must be asked and answered this Christmas season. As we get into this time which celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ, I I felt like we have to reconcile these questions that have lingered in some of our minds concerning his church. And that question is, is it still relevant? But by church, I, I do not mean the body of Christ. Because I don't think that people are struggling with the question of whether the body of Christ, the people who believe in the birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, are still relevant. Now, now I believe that the question is whether the organized institution called the church is still relevant. The, The places that occupy footprints in our communities across the country. The places where the organized practice and teaching of the Christian faith happens. These are the places that I think people are wondering and raising the question today, are these places still relevant? Do we still need places where people gather, where worship services happen, where people serve as pastors and where volunteers show up and where staff work in some cases? Is church still relevant? Attendance in them has been declining for many years in America. For a year, a whole lot of them were physically shut down. Fewer and fewer people are even affiliated with a particular church, and more and more people are finding their inspiration, their values, and their spiritual fulfillment from other places. So is the church still relevant? In thinking about this question, I got to say that I wrestle with this question attempting to be as objective as I can be as one whose career has been in the church. And as one who obviously whose job security is related to the existence of the church. But in thinking about the question honestly and with an open mind, I've concluded that at least for me, I believe that church is still relevant. Why is the church still relevant and In what ways is church still relevant? Well, let me say to you that the first reason which I want to talk about today is that church is still relevant because it is a place for community. We see that from the very start. Luke writes the book of Acts or the Acts of the Apostle. And in it, Luke describes for us the actions and the attributes of the early church. And when Luke looks at it, what Luke says about it is right there in Acts chapter two, verse 42. Luke says the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. Watch this to the community, to their shared meals and to their prayers. Verse 44, skip down. He says, all the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Verse 46, every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. And the Lord added to the community those who were being saved. What we see in Acts is what i see in many churches that they are a place for community that they are effectively a place to know and to be known a place where people can be accepted unconditionally A place of belonging where people with shared faith values and faith convictions and love for Jesus and justice and righteousness or rightness, where people who share these convictions can commune together in one place. A place where your kids can grow up with other kids whose parents share your values. A place where without judgment there are people who help you on your journey of life. A place where you can be encouraged by other people's experiences and other people's testimonies. A place where we can laugh together, cry together, mourn together, enjoy life together. The church is relevant because it is a place for community. Luke in Acts is writing to a person named Theophilus. We learn in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, that this is Luke's second writing to this same person by the name of Theophilus. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Theophilus, the first scroll I wrote concerned everything Jesus did and taught from the beginning, right up to the day when he was taken up into heaven. Before he was taken up, working in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus instructed the apostles he had chosen. In essence, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts is effectively this two-volume writing concerning the origins of the Christian movement. You may recall that the book of Acts ends with Paul still on trial in Rome. It feels like an unfinished story, an unfinished piece of literature. And so there is speculation that Luke writes both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts as an explanation to the person that he refers to in Luke chapter 1 verse 3 as most excellent Theophilus, who may have been some kind of Roman official, that that Luke is writing to him while Paul is on trial to explain to him the background of this Christian movement that the prisoner Paul is a part of and has been imprisoned because of. In Luke's writing in Acts, we get a peek at what Luke feels are the hallmarks or the distinctives of the church that is just forming after the ascension of Jesus back to heaven. And in multiple places in Acts, he places these summary statements about the church like the one that we see here in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. He is effectively summarizing over and over again these attributes these aspects about the church. In Acts 6 and 7, he does it. He says, and the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. He does it again in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. He says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, It multiplied. He gives another summary statement in Acts chapter 12, verses 23 and 24. He says, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Again, in Acts chapter 16, verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. Acts chapter 19, verse 20, so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevailed mightily. And finally, Acts chapter 28, verses 30 through 31, talking about Paul, it says he lived there for two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ Christ with all boldness and without hindrance so what is unfolding in acts is a fulfillment of what Jesus of what Luke says that Jesus had said to his disciples in chapter 1 verse 8 when Jesus responded to that question that had come to him just a few verses earlier when he was asked lord are you going to restore the kingdom to israel now Verse 7, he says, Jesus replied, it isn't for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And watch this, and to the ends of the earth. This would be the movement that we would see the church undertaking throughout the entire story in the book of Acts. In Acts 2, they received the Holy Spirit that Jesus said they were going to get. In, in, in Acts chapters 1 through 7, the word begins in Jerusalem. In, in chapters 8 through 12, the word spreads to Judea and Samaria. In chapters 13 through 28, the word spreads to what they understood as the ends of the earth. So when we look at this church on the move, that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, I see three things about this church community that speak to why the church is still relevant as a place for community. The first reason I see is because the church is a community of sharing. It is a community of sharing. But back when I was in high school, uh, people thought that me and, and my brothers and my brother and our friends, that they thought that we were ballers. Because all of us seem to be popping up all the time with new stuff. So on Monday, one of us would pop up wearing a leather Avarex jacket. Y'all remember the Avarex? Then on Tuesday, the same person might pop up with a leather FUBU jacket. And then on Thursday, that same person might pop up with a leather Versace jacket. And so it appeared like we were balling because all of us had all these things. But, but there was a secret behind it. The secret behind what was going on is that we were sharing. You see, I bought the leather Fubu jacket. My, my, my brother bought the red, white, and black leather Avarex jacket. And, and a good friend of ours named KK but bought the. Black leather Versace jacket, and we would share the the jackets, we would share jabot jeans, we would share our kooji like sweaters. Y'all remember the kooji ish sweaters? And so the reason that we did this is because we realized that sharing took us further. What we understood as teenagers in high school is effectively a picture of the ethos of the church. It is this ethos that we all get further if we share. This is what makes church unique in this very me and mine society, in a society that is bent on exchanging goods and services for dollars. The the church is the place where we can enter into a community that shares, that believes that we all get further if we share with one another. The reality is none of us can afford the full expenses to form and to operate and to maintain a facility and an organization that preaches and teaches the word of God and Christian living to adults and kids alike and develops content to be viewed and heard and read around the world. None of us can do it alone, but by sharing together, by Pulling our resources together, we've proven that what we cannot do alone, we can do through a community of sharing. When we started that community fund for the purpose of providing a safety net for members of the church who find themselves in precarious financial situations or who need assistance with a down payment on a home, we did that not because it made sense from a profit-making perspective. We did it and you contributed to it because we are a community of sharing. When we told people that this, this is not a loan, that they don't need to pay it back, but just when you are able, pay it forward so that there's something for other people. We did it because church is a community of sharing. And when we did that to help people with bills and to help with emergencies and to purchase someone a vehicle with no strings attached, we did that because the church is a community of Of sharing. Just like in Acts chapter 2 verses 44 through 45 it says all the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. It's a community of sharing. It is for this reason. It is this specialty. This special component of church that causes me to believe That despite all of the things that can negatively be said about the church, I believe that it is still relevant because it's a community of sharing. Let let me hurry this thing along and say to you, secondly, the church is relevant because it is a community of fellowship. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says they were devoted to their shared meals. Verse 46 says every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They share food with gladness and simplicity. Yeah, the church is a, is a community of a, a fellowship. A few weeks ago, we had our, our first modern-day communion in a long time, and I remember seeing members that I haven't seen in a long time. The reason that I think they were there was not for the free food. I don't think it was that trite. The reason that I think that they were there is because more than just attending service, people crave fellowship, connection. Your people don't want to just be in a space with other bodies. They want to connect with other people. Church is still relevant, I want to say, because it is a place where you can find and build connections with other people who ascribe to the same faith values, the same faith convictions, the same love for Jesus, the same thoughts about justice. The church is the place where we can build meaningful connections with each other and be treated like family, even if we just met two weeks ago. And I don't know about y'all, but what I missed during the entire time that we were not together was not simply coming together um, to worship together. It was not simply the hearing of music or the hearing of preaching. I could hear those things through the Internet, but there was something about being in the physical presence of other people and talking together and laughing together and hugging other people and seeing other people that made me miss this thing called... Church, I miss connecting. And and that is the hallmark of the church. That is the reason why church ends at 1115, but but by 1215, there's still a bunch of people around here talking with each other, laughing with each other, hanging out with each other, kids running around, chasing and playing with each other. It is because people crave fellowship, connection. And it's a distinctive that stands out for Luke. That when Luke looks out and considers all of the things that the Christians did, as he is trying to write this story to Theophilus to describe this movement that Paul is a part of, as he is grasping for words to, to quite to to, to try to tell the story of what this movement is, why it is special. One of the things that he feels like he has to point out of the few things he can point out is verse 42. They were committed to stuff like their shared meals, fellowship. Every day they were meeting together in the temple and in their homes Fellowship. What, what what Luke sees as special in this community is that the people were connected to each other. I want to say that in our disjointed and disconnected world, the church still fills an important gap as a place where people can find meaningful connection. How, how does that, that, that song, the opening song of cheers go? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, where they're always glad you came. What's the rest of it? (laughs) You want to go where something about it seems that people's troubles are the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. That's the church. I hope it's this church. That's certainly what I've been striving for over 13 years. That is what the kind of thing that I want to be a part of, a, 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 a thing that is bound together by the cross of Jesus Christ, by the testimony of our profession and by our desire to connect meaningfully with each other. Let me say to you thoroughly and finally that 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 the church is still relevant because it is a community of inclusivity. Uh, Carl and I used to watch uh, watch back in the day. This show called Project Runway on Bravo, and uh, it, it was a show that was about aspiring designers. And, and these designer these designers they would um, compete in producing these fashion designs in a short period of time. That they would be given the the criteria and, and a little bit of fabric and, and a little bit of budget, and, and they would. Uh, set out to create a design to compete in the various competitions across the episodes. And and the host of the show had this popular line that she would say as they got ready to present the designs. She would say something to the effect of, then we will know whether you're in or out. That, That was her line, right? As they were getting ready to come out and present their designs, it was Then we will know whether you're in or out. Every phase of it, somebody got eliminated, and so the tension was always on who was going to be in and who was going to be out. This notion of knowing who's in or who's out has haunted the church since the beginning. If you read Acts chapter 11, it comes out there. Because Peter is iffy about whether or not the church is for Gentiles or just Jews like him. And so Peter is good when he comes. He is down with eating with Gentiles. They are in fellowship with each other. They are connecting with each other. They're building. And all of a sudden, when other Jews come from Jerusalem, Peter withdraws. And he won't sit with and eat with the Gentiles anymore. Paul calls him out. Or let Paul tell it, he calls him out. Paul says, I think it's in one of the letters to the Corinthians, uh, Paul, in in kind of Paul's, if you read this, I forget if it's 1st or 2nd Corinthians, it's a bit of like Paul's mixtape beef with why I am as good as the other apostles, even though I'm, I'm not from Jerusalem. And he says there that when Peter came and when Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore, I opposed him to his face, is what Paul says. And so we see this struggle happening in Acts chapter 11. Who's in and who's out? In the Middle Ages, the, the European church was debating over whether or not non-white people were in. Or out uh, over the last few centuries we've been debating over when it comes to leadership whether or not women can be in or out Th- this notion of who's in and who's out has been a constant thing that the church has grappled with but but when we get down to examining the text and when we get down to examining the ethos of Jesus Christ his church has always been and should always be a community of inclusivity. Where where effectively we as individuals don't get to decide who's in and who's out. The Holy Spirit decides that. It's it's in the Gospels where where, where Jesus talks about uh, that it is God who will separate the sheep from the goat and the wheat from the chaff, we do not need to pre-sort or pre-process for God. This, This is not a sorting, the church is not a sorting station on the way to heaven. Our role is to be radically hospitable and radically inclusive so that whosoever will can come and the Lord is the one Who sorts out ultimately? The Holy Spirit is the one who sorts out ultimately. And so I say as I close, I believe the church is still relevant. I I say as I close, long live the church. There may be many other means and methods for individuals to connect and they can gather and rather rally themselves around all kinds of different causes. But there is something about this cause, this community that is animated by the power of the Holy Spirit that has stayed together despite persecutions, despite all kinds of things despite all of that has remained together and has continued to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and that it is because of that foolishness that men and women and people have continued to be saved, it is that that I believe is still relevant.